Hi, this is John Stonge, and we just finished recording this evening's coaching call for the Healthy Discipleship Community, and tonight we were talking about what it looks like to build an online ministry that makes an impact. Now, tonight's call was a little bit different from what we typically have been covering in our coaching calls, but many of the people that are part of the Healthy Discipleship Community have been thinking about different ways that they can increase the online ministry of their church or some of their personal ministry opportunities they've been trying to magnify through their online presence, and we talked about the nature of what it looks like to have an online ministry, how that operates some best practices. It's a very practical subject that we spoke about this evening. So I don't imagine that this topic is necessarily something everyone would be interested in, but if you've ever thought about the nature of having an online ministry, what it would look like to get something like that started, what it would look like to facilitate something like that, you'll probably find something useful in tonight's coaching call. And it probably wouldn't surprise you to know that the main template or example that we kind of dissected in this evening's coaching call was the online ministry that I facilitate through my website, DesireJesus.com. And so we looked at the different elements. I talked about how the online ministry that I'm hosting has grown and some of the things that we've added to it over time. And so again, if this is useful to you, I hope that you'll find it something that's edifying and practical. Uh, If this is a subject that is interesting to you and you want to follow up more about it, don't hesitate to reach out to me. But here we go. We're about to listen to the recording of tonight's training for the Healthy Discipleship Community. Again, we're talking about building an online ministry that makes an impact. Here it is. Well, good evening, and welcome to tonight's training session for the Healthy Discipleship Community. Tonight we're talking about the process of starting an online ministry, what it looks like to build an online ministry that actually makes an impact. And in this generation that we live in, this is certainly a time where that can be a very meaningful form of ministry. So on the call with me tonight, I have a group of of faithful HDC members, and we're all here serving in different capacities in different churches in different parts of the United States. And so I'm grateful for this team of people that join me each week for these calls. And I I mentioned to them just a moment ago before we started our recording that typically I I do questions and discussion at the end of the recording, but and we're going to do that tonight as well. But for the start or at the start here of the recording, I wanted to just get some feedback from them even before we go into the details of our topic tonight. And so I I just want to kind of ask you guys what your thoughts about online ministry happen to be, and if there's a particular aspect of online ministry that you're hoping we might discuss this evening. So, um, you know, what, what did you come on to this call tonight expecting? And by the way, this doesn't need to be the only time we do this. So if there's something that you're looking for that I don't have prepared to cover tonight, we can certainly cover it in another time. But I'm just curious what you're hoping to get out of tonight's training and if there's a, a particular subject that you're hoping we're about to cover. Well, I think with, uh, with me, it would certainly the fact that, you know, we're already on Facebook. So that's a great uh, platform for us right now. And, uh, you know, we've utilized that, and uh, I think it's been uh, very beneficial for us to be able to get out there and be on that. Um, but also, I guess I'm looking at what else might be available, you know, in terms of other platforms or if, 
you know, just staying on Facebook would be the best thing to do at this point. Um, and just, you know, looking to the future, looking to, uh, to grow that aspect of, uh, of ministry, mm-hmm. uh, for us. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm open to whatever, you know, whatever's on your heart and mind sure. and the things that you already have, uh, you know, looking, looking to, uh, inform us about and, and point us in a particular direction. Cool. Okay. Very good. And, and just so everybody knows, Dennis, uh, serves as a pastor in the state of Illinois, and um, and so much of the online ministry that he's been doing has been um, for the the benefit specifically of his local church, trying to do ministry mm-hmm. in this unique season through the local church. So that would make sense. And I, as I look around at some of the folks that are on the call tonight here, I know that that's probably your story as well. A- any other uh, any other topics or or um, subjects that you're you. you kind of have an interest in or a curiosity about i'm going to show us like several different things here um but i'm just curious if there's a topic that you're interested in yeah craig yeah it's uh craig campbell i uh i'm interested in, in learning about different platforms but also kind of seeing where do you think this is going where uh because i think the technology uh or, or the need for it's going to continue uh and I'm, I'm just kind of curious on where you see the technology going, how can we get on the front end of it uh, as local pastors of churches? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll even say, yeah, so Craig, you're thinking like long-term, like where where is this going? Now, let, let me even say this. Um, online ministry is different than face-to-face ministry. I think face-to-face ministry is preferable. Uh, face-to-face ministry is, um, you know, when choosing between the two, that's what I prefer, and that's what I what I think we're designed for. Um, however, in this era, I think one of the interesting things about online ministry is that it enables us to connect with additional people that we would never have the opportunity to connect with based on location. So there's benefit to both. So face-to-face is my preference, but online I consider a blessing as well. And they both have their place. I don't think one replaces the other, but I do see them as complementing. So I see online ministry complementing face-to-face, but not replacing face-to-face. So that's something I wanted to just mention at the outset. I think face-to-face is too valuable for people to be giving up on. Um, I, although I am grateful that, you know, here we're in an online forum right now and I can see your faces and you could see mine. So I guess this is a little bit face to face, but it's not exactly, you know, in the same spot. Right. Um, and I will say this too, by way of introduction, then I'm going to, uh, uh, share my screen with you guys so that you can see some of the things that I have prepared. It's been fascinating to me over the past five years in particular, since I, I really started to invest in an online ministry just some of the things that the Lord's been teaching me about it and how it really can be a powerful form of evangelism and how it it really provides the privilege to connect with people and and offer training and offer encouragement and offer help uh, in ways that I don't know that I fully appreciated when I really first started investing in doing it. Uh, Lately, I've been doing counseling through um, online options. Uh, I've been doing coaching. Uh, I've been doing teaching, uh, all sorts of things. And I think, wow, I mean, it's, it's fascinating, even from the perspective of these are things that I used to have to do a lot of travel to do. But, you know, I've got a wife and I've got kids and I, I want to be 
home with them as much as I can be. And so I can do these things from my home office now that I used to have to do a lot of travel, uh, a lot of travel to do. And, um, and yet I can do this from home and still be around for, for my family. And so um, I, I really appreciate that aspect of online ministry as well. But what I'm going to do in just a moment here, I'm going to share my screen with you. So let me, let me actually just start by doing that right now. I'm going to bring this up for us and you guys can give me the thumbs up. Uh, if you see everything, do you see the slides? Okay. All right. So let me maximize that for us and uh, I'm going to minimize the gallery here. So uh, here, we're going to be talking about this idea of how to start an online ministry that makes an impact. And uh, the, the primary crux of where I locate my online ministry is desirejesus.com. I know those of you that are on the call here tonight are familiar with my website, and you've seen the different things there. But I'm just going to walk us through the different things that the Lord's been teaching me and helping me to understand as I've been uh, building this out over time, a little bit at a time. Um, now, first of all, let me say this. Every Christian is divinely equipped to serve in the body of Christ. And the Lord gifts us in different ways, and he offers us opportunities to serve others for his glory. And as we do so, the church continues to grow stronger. And so, I, you know, I don't want to uh, pretend like just certain people are equipped to do ministry and other people aren't. Every Christian is divinely equipped to serve the body of Christ one way or another. We're all equipped by the Lord to do that in different ways. And Scripture is very clear about the fact that the Lord facilitates that. So he offers us opportunities to serve one another. We build one another up. Online ministry is another way that that can be done. And like I, like I mentioned here in this uh, in this particular slide, during our era, some new and unique opportunities have been made available to us. And many Christians are wisely starting to seize the opportunity to utilize the internet to build online ministries that serve God's people in valuable ways. Now, I also want to say this as I share what I'm about to share. There isn't one right way to build an online ministry. Uh, in fact, there are many ways, but for the purpose of our discussion right now, I'm going to walk you through the basics of how I have been building my online ministry. So I'm going to walk you through the basics of this. I'm going to show you how uh, I've been building this ministry one segment at a time. Um, and, and one important note that I want to um, get into before we get into the details, and I think that this is important to note. I didn't build this ministry overnight. This was something that was a gradual thing over time. So as I'm, I'm about to share multiple things that I think if you're trying to do all the things at once that I'm going to be sharing with you, I think that that will feel exhausting, and I think that that will feel overwhelming. And I don't want you to feel exhausted, and I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. Uh, I did not do these things and implement all these ideas overnight. I've been gradually building these things over the course of several years, and I've been adding various elements to it one step at a time. So don't rush what you're building. Just focus on one thing at a time. Don't rush it. Uh, but I'm going to show you the elements that I added one at a time and maybe comment a little bit about what the Lord's been teaching me about each of those elements as I've been doing it. 
And one other thing that I want us to note is this. I want you to be asking a question related to value or vanity. You're about to lay the foundation of your online ministry. And as you're laying this foundation, you need to be asking, is what I'm producing valuable or is it really just a vanity project? I see plenty of things that are shared online that I think are really just issues of vanity. And uh, I feel like people are just trying to make themselves look good instead of ultimately pointing people to Christ. And so our job, if we're going to be facilitating an online ministry, we want to make sure that what we're doing is valuable. We want to communicate value. We want to think about what will be valuable to the people that want to access what we're trying to build. And so value or vanity, that's kind of the, the, the question we need to wrestle with as we're laying the foundation for any type of online ministry that we're trying to build, whether that be something that you're doing for your church, whether that be something that you're doing just in your particular area of giftedness. We want to make sure it's valuable and not just a, a, like a vanity project. And um, I think that that's key, and that needs to be a foundational issue that we wrestle with. So step one is this. Let's talk about social media for a second. How do you use it? What tone are you projecting? Are you intentional to be pointing people to Jesus? Things like this. These are questions that I want us to be asking. So how do you use social media? One of the primary platforms that I like to use with social media is Facebook. Now, there are plenty of other platforms that I could use. You know, a lot of people use Instagram and a lot of people use other platforms. I don't really use Instagram. Maybe someday I'll be convinced to use it, but as of yet, I haven't been convinced to use it. I don't really enjoy it. And, um, uh, you know, but maybe at some point I'll come around to it. I don't know. Um, Sometimes I can be a late adopter to certain things and then other things I'm an early adopter to. But how are you using it? And I, I kind of, whatever form you're using, whether it be Instagram or Facebook or whatever. So I'm using Facebook. I always want to ask the tone that I'm projecting. Because sometimes I think Christians, unfortunately, don't, don't remember that their social media is one of the biggest platforms for communicating with many people all at once that the Lord's ever entrusted to them. And sometimes I see Christians communicating a tone that doesn't convince me that they're thinking much about the heart of Christ in what they're trying to communicate. So I want us to be asking, if we're going to be using social media, what tone are we projecting? Are we being intentional to point people to Jesus, or are we just complaining about things or uh, ranting about something? And uh, a piece of advice that I want to give to you as you're utilizing social media don't be a salesman and don't be a politician. Uh, if if you're going to be a if you're going to be getting on social media just to sell things, or if you're going to be getting on social media just to complain about political things, I really don't think you're going to have too much of an opportunity to effectively build a uh, an online ministry. Because what you're going to do is you're going to alienate yourself from many people, and people will just tune you out. So if you're, if you're somebody that's constantly trying to sell something, or if you're somebody that's constantly commenting or sharing about political issues, uh, even though those things might be important to you, it will limit your ability to actually have an effective online ministry. 
And uh, I and that's one of the, the the biggest pitfalls that even believers tend to fall into, where they they use their social media to constantly be selling, or constantly complaining, or constantly referencing something about their political beliefs. But social media is a great place to start when you're looking to build an online ministry. It's a place to connect. It's a place to uh, communicate things about your own life with people. And, and uh, you know, so one day you might share something about your life and your family. The next day you might share something funny that happened to you or something interesting that you ate. The next day you might, uh, you know, just share something of local value. And the next day you might share something that has deep spiritual significance. And I think it's wise to mix up what you share on social media so that you don't become monotonous and just have kind of like, there's some people that whenever they get on social media, they only post about one thing. And you just kind of know if that person gets on, all they're going to post about is cars. And if that person gets on, all they're going to post about is makeup. If that person gets on, all they're going to post about is Congress or the White House or or something like that. You don't want to be a mono poster. Be somebody who shares with more depth than that. Share about your life. Share about something that's entertaining. Share something that's insightful. Share a quote that you found helpful. Share something from Scripture that encouraged you. Share a picture that was special to you. Mix it up a little bit, uh, but don't be a salesman. Don't be a politician. Step two, so we're going to start with easiest to a little bit more complexity. Step two in setting up an, uh, an online ministry, I think, comes back to, to uh, establishing a website with a blog. And um, I don't know if that thought sounds complicated to you or if you've ever set something like that up, but in the early days of the internet, it used to be very complicated to set up a website or to set up a blog. And in our present day, it's become not that complicated at all. Because really, you could just open an account with a website host, pick a domain name. Sometimes they'll even give you the domain name for free. So I selected desirejesus.com because the idea with that was I wanted to use the website to help people see that Christ is the source of joy and satisfaction and peace for our hearts, that we should desire that from Him. And so I found that domain name. It was available. I selected it, connected it to the website. And I build my website and blog all through a template that's called Bedford. It's the Bedford template that's being, um, that's made available through squarespace.com. And if you don't know how to build any of that, all you have to do is go on to YouTube and you can just watch a video on how it's done. But Squarespace makes it extremely easy to figure it out. But having a website or a blog becomes your landing spot. So I think churches need this for their ministry. I think uh, individuals, if you have an individual ministry, so I have something like this for my church, but I also have it for this personal ministry that I've been leading and, uh, and having that landing spot or a home base for what you're attempting to build is important because everything ultimately is going to link back to this eventually. So your social media is going to be sharing blog posts from your landing spot, from your website. Um, your podcast might be hosted on the website or at least linked from the website. Uh, Your contact information is going to be there. All of that is there. Um, And I think incorporating a blog is wise. And I'm making the assumption that everybody knows what a blog is, but I guess that's probably not a safe assumption. But basically a blog is where uh, it's short for web log. 
And it's basically like it, it kind of started off as like an online diary or an online place where you could just write about interesting things and then share those posts about interesting things. And uh, I believe incorporating a blog in your website is wise. So what I do, if you look at the blog posts on my website, they're basically condensed versions for the most part of things that I've preached about. And I'll create a shortened version of what I'm preaching about and I'll share that on the blog and give people the opportunity to read up on what I've been speaking about and preaching about. And I'll, I'll compose those from my sermon notes. And each one of those is a separate entry and it's a separate page automatically on my website because of the template that I'm using. It just does it automatically. And it makes the site more discoverable and shareable. So people share those posts on social media, or they discover them through their searches on Google. Right now, um, my website typically tends to be found by people who are searching for two things. Uh, An article about God's omnipotence, omnipresence, and omniscience. Uh, That tends to be one of my most popular articles. And then another article that I once wrote on Romans chapter 7, and it's titled, Why Do I Do What I Don't Want to Do? And both of those articles got indexed in Google, along with another article that I wrote about spiritual adoption, how the Lord's adopted us into his family. And uh, those are the three main drivers to my my website. They're blog posts that drive people to the website. When they get to the website, they discover the other aspects of ministry that I'm trying to facilitate, but they're all finding it through, or most of them are finding it through blog articles. Uh, But on that website, you could also, in addition to the blog, you could also add pages to highlight the additional elements of your ministry as it grows. And so when you go to my website, you'll see all different elements of the ministry that I'm trying to facilitate. And each of those things have separate pages on the website. And so the website incorporates the blog. It incorporates all sorts of things there. And so I would say that that's step two, creating that landing spot or that home base for what you're attempting to build. And again, there's, there's companies like Squarespace. There's companies like GoDaddy. There's companies like Weebly and uh, many others that will allow you to very easily create a website. You don't need to know code anymore. They basically just offer templates that you can just use And they're pretty much plug and play. So I would say that's step two. Step three is something that I wish I did earlier, but I'm glad I at least did it when I did it. If you're trying to build an online ministry, it's wise to establish an email list. So these are people that are interested in what you're creating. They're interested in the content you're producing, and they want to be notified about the content that you're making. So those of you that are live on this call here, you're on my email list. And so when I have new content uh, content that I'm producing or a new blog post or things like that, you receive that information in your email. It's one of the most, it's more effective to have an email list sometimes than it is to post something on social media because Facebook and other forms of social media, they don't always share your content with everybody. But when people are on your email list, anyone you email from that email list is going to get that in their inbox. And you'd be surprised at, at, um, at how 
how much better that is as a way of communicating with people that are interested in being blessed by whatever online ministry content you're producing. But one of the big mistakes I made in establishing an online ministry is I waited way too long to build an email list. It just seemed too complicated to me, and I didn't understand how to build it, and I didn't understand why anyone would want to be on my email list. But somewhere along the way, I realized that one of the most effective ways to build an email list is to offer something helpful to your blog readers or your website visitors. You offer something helpful and useful to them in exchange for their email address. You, you basically, uh, through the software you're using or the template you're using, you create a post where they have the opportunity to enter their email address, and in exchange for that email address, they receive something that would be useful to them. So right now, I just decided to give away one of the books that I wrote for free on my website. And all people have to do to get that book, they just have it for free. They could download it for free. And uh, all they need to do is just enter their email address. And I have it set up so that once they enter their email address, they then have access to download the book and it's all free and it's useful to them. And, and um, so I feel good about offering that, but it's also helpful to me down the road if I want to be able to share additional ministry resources or blog posts or let people know about training events. Now I have con a way to contact them after that through their email address. And they can opt out of being on that email list if they don't want to receive that anymore. They could just opt out. There's a link at the bottom of that. But it's very helpful. It's a very helpful way to be able to communicate with people. And so again, you can notify your list about new blog posts, other useful information. But I will say this, don't spam your email list. And typically, those of you that are on my list notice that most weeks I send out one email a week. And that's it. Sometimes I've gotten onto other people's ministry email list, and I get one or more emails from them a day. And that's too much for me. And what ends up happening I, I sometimes I feel like they're just bombarding me with information and uh, and I end up unsubscribing from many lists that over contact me. So, you know, you want to be able to stay in regular touch with your email list, but I would recommend maybe one or two emails a week tops. Other people might have different opinions about that, but I, I think it starts to feel like you're spamming your email list if you send too many things out to them over the course of the week. And uh, if you limit it to one or two, I think they're more likely to actually read what you're communicating. But that's step three. It took me a while to actually set up an email list. And then once I set it up, I thought, why did it take me so long to do this? Just think about something simple you can offer your blog readers. It doesn't even have to be a book. I mean, in my case, you would say a book is not simple, John. I recognize that. But it could also be a, uh, just a, a one-page PDF of here are you know, the 10 best commentary sets that I think offer insight into the, to the scriptures. Or here are the, the 10 best Christian movies that I've enjoyed watching with my family and uh, say in addition, you know, in, uh, in exchange for this list, uh, you, know, you sign up uh, to be part of my email list and, and we'll get you on the newsletter and you can unsubscribe at any time. But I have this present for you, this gift for you uh, that would be useful to you if you sign up for the list. And so that's typically how you build a list by thinking about what would be valuable to others, taking the time to build it, and then giving it away for free in exchange for the email. Step four is, is books, in my opinion. And I, you know, again, I consider this an optional thing, uh, but it's something that you might want to consider. Now, many people 
I, I think I read a stat that said more than 90% of people have said at some point in their life they'd like to write a book. But most people never write a book. And they think it's too intimidating. They think it's too complicated. I get that. You know, I recognize that many people think it's too complicated. But in this day of digital delivery, you can write a short book. You don't have to write a long book. It can be a short book. So, you know, you can write an ebook that's 15 pages or 20 pages or 40 pages. It doesn't need to be 200 or 300 pages. You can write something that's short and uh, turn it into an ebook that's just delivered as a, as a PDF or something like that. Uh, and you can make that available on your website. But you could also submit books if you're trying to continue to do online ministry that reaches more and more people with the gospel. You can submit what you've written to Amazon's KDP program. And uh, when you submit it over there, they review it. They make sure that it doesn't violate copyright or anything like that. And uh, they give you the opportunity to actually include it on Amazon. And there are ways you can promote it for free. So I give away a lot of my stuff for free on Amazon. But there are also certain things. So if you work real hard on something and and um, and you think, you know what, it'd, it'd kind of be a good thing to actually sell it, you could also sell it on Amazon and you can figure out whatever price you think is fair for it. But submitting your written content to Amazon's KDP program is a great way to connect with people. Uh, helps you connect with readers who need the information you're producing. And Amazon lets you promote it and give it away for free four times a year. And so I try and make use of that those promotions. Almost every book I've ever put on Amazon, I've given away a whole bunch of free copies. And it never bothers me to do that. I actually enjoy doing that. I don't feel like you know, somehow I, I should be paid for everything that I've produced. I, I, I like giving it away for free. I'm happy to be paid sometimes too, but you know, it, it brings me joy to think that, that some people would download this and grow in their faith. You know, when I read the reviews on some of these things, I, I'm edified by knowing that, that the Lord has taken written content that uh, he inspired my mind to, to write something down and then make it available online and people buy it through Amazon or download it for free through Amazon. And it reaches people that I never would have had the opportunity to meet face to face. And they grow in their walk with Christ as a result. And I think it's, a, it's an important aspect of an online ministry if you're willing to do it. I don't think it's mandatory, but here's one of the added benefits of doing this, of actually creating even one or two short books that you would share with people based on things the Lord's been teaching you. Sometimes it has the ability to lend some credibility to the ministry that you're building. So I'll give you an example. I, I was interviewed earlier today for something, and uh, the person that was interviewing me, one of the things that they brought up were the books that I had written. And it seems in some people's mind that they equate whether or not you've written a book with some level of credibility. And so I didn't really, that wasn't my motivation for writing books. I just wanted to write content that would help people in their walk with Christ. But when you're trying to um, just increase the visibility of the ministry that you're building, sometimes having a book or two that you can encourage people to download or read or purchase can actually lend some credibility to what you're building. So I, that's why I included that as one of the steps here in building an online ministry. I think, I think writing books really does uh, have a powerful impact on many people. Now, number five has been my favorite. And this is something that I got into in, in 2015, and that's podcasting. And 
I'll tell you what, of all the things that I've listed so far, nothing has helped me reach more people with the gospel than podcasting. And like I said, it's quite possibly my favorite aspect of online ministry. Now, I don't know how many of you on the call here uh, right now um, have accessed my podcasts. Maybe most of you, maybe some of you, I don't know. Uh, But my most popular podcast is the Chapter a Day Audio Bible, where I read chapters of the Bible and lead people in prayer. Um, that, that podcast in and of itself recently crossed over 3.2 million downloads. I started that podcast at the end of 2015, and I hoped it would, by God's grace, reach many people with the truth of his word. But you never know when you're doing those things. And uh, over time, it just started catching on more and more. And now every few months, it adds another million downloads. It just takes a few months now for it to, to add, uh, you know, another million downloads. And so a few months ago, it was at 2 million downloads. And just recently, it crossed over 3 million. And I just checked, it's at 3.2 million right now. Give it a few more months, and it'll cross over 4 million. I also have a daily devotional podcast. I also have a podcast where I share my sermons and other teaching, including some of the teaching that we use here and, and, and that comes here from uh, HDC and, um, and uh, you know, things that originate in the pulpit of, of uh, my church. Uh, I also have a podcast that I do specifically for the church where we really just take sermon content and we make that available for free online. And all these podcasts are free. Uh, but it, it's, it tends to be one of the areas of online ministry that tends to have the most important impact. So when you're leading a local church, you have sermon content. Well, if you record that sermon content into an MP3 recorder and then upload it online to in podcast format, just upload that MP3 online and then make it available for people to download online, I think you'll be eventually surprised at how many people will utilize that content. It's becoming more and more popular. And in this era of having a smartphone in your pocket at all times, people are listening to podcasts more and more and more. I heard earlier today that 60 million people in the United States access podcasts quite regularly. I think the stat was daily. 60 million people in the United States presently are accessing podcasts daily. I'm one of them. And uh, that number continues to grow every year because people are listening to these recordings from their phones. They listen while they exercise, they listen while they drive, and they listen while they work. And again, nothing's helped me reach more people with the gospel than podcasting has. I've been amazed by the effective ways that that enables outreach to take place. And it also provides opportunities to be interviewed on other shows, which helps spread the word. So again, today I was interviewed by another podcaster, and he gave me the opportunity to share about my books. He gave me the opportunity to share about my podcasts, and, um, and there's a lot of cross-promotion that happens through podcasting. And uh, it tends to be one of the most powerful ways to actually introduce your online ministry to new people. They tend to find it from your podcast. And so we can go into greater detail another time how to set any of these things up. But I want to just tell you that that of the things that I'm mentioning here, they all make logical sense in the order that I'm giving them to you. But when you get to podcasting, this tends to be a very powerful forum for sharing the gospel. People get to hear recorded messages that maybe originate from your church 
or may, maybe they originate from your home. You know, I record my podcasts from a home office, from a home studio that I've set up. The home studio that I'm in right now as we have this training. I record it right here in this spot. I purchased a good microphone that did not cost me an arm and a leg, uh, but it's a good microphone and it's useful and it gets good audio and, and again, helps me reach a lot of people with the gospel. So something to consider. Step six is this, and this is something I haven't used a ton in the past, but I've started to use more and more. In fact, in recent days, I've been growing more and more comfortable producing, teaching, and training videos and uploading them to YouTube. So step six is creating video. And uh, these training sessions, I make these available online in the membership at HDC, and I host them for free on YouTube. YouTube does not charge me to host these videos. Uh, And so I record them and then share them on YouTube and people are able to access them. And again, they can be a great help to others and can help you broaden the scope of your reach because people use YouTube all the time. I, I use YouTube probably every day at this point. And so creating video content from some of your uh, uh, training opportunities, or even if you just want to sit down in front of a webcam for 10 minutes and, and talk about something that you think would be valuable, it could be a pretty, pretty useful way to um, um, you know, utilize some of these opportunities to create an online ministry. Uh, video is something, like I said, that I was not doing for a long time, but recently both our church and in my individual ministry, I've been utilizing more and more video and I've received some appreciation from people that have been accessing it, uh, just letting me know that they have found it useful. Um, step seven, uh, and maybe some of you have jumped on these with me. I, I do some of these with Servant Keeper uh, with, um, with some regularity. Uh, Servant Keeper is a church management software company, but we do webinars together. And webinars are a little bit different from the kind of training that you and I are doing right now. Right now, this is a coaching call. We're utilizing Zoom for this. We could see each other face-to-face as we do this. We could interact and talk. Webinars are a little different. Typically, webinars allow you to even have thousands of people on there. You can't hear them. They can certainly type in the comment area. But you're teaching. They can hear everything and see everything that you're doing live. Uh, And you can read their comments but they provide a great opportunity to reach large groups. So what we're doing right now, like on a Zoom call, this is great for small groups, but large groups, you want to do a webinar. And typically you offer a webinar for free if you're, if you're building an online ministry. There are some people that do different forms of webinars that they have a subscription to and stuff like that. And that's certainly fine. But oftentimes what I see people doing is you take your webinar and and you just offer it for free so it reaches the most people possible. And then at the end, if you want to have the opportunity to do more ongoing ministry with people, typically what you do is you invite people to join your email list or utilize some other resources that you've created. But a free webinar is, is a great opportunity to provide that content on the front end to some people. And then you could do some follow up through email or through other resources that you've created. And uh, one additional thing here that I want to make mention of, and this is something that I've been doing more and more of um, here in, in, in uh, recent months and over the course of the past few years, are memberships and coaching. So this would be step eight, memberships and coaching. Um, so in time, this is, you know, over time as you've had the opportunity to build the online ministry that you're building, once your ministry has had time to grow, I think it can be helpful to create a membership where people can utilize years of content that you've been producing 
while interacting with each other as a community. So that's what I've been trying to build this year in particular with HDC, because I've got all these people utilizing the podcast and utilizing the blog and I, and utilizing the webinars and I'm interacting with them, but I think, all right, well, they don't have access to all the other stuff that's been recorded and they don't have access to each other. So I thought, all right, I think it's time to create a membership group where they can access all that content and where they can interact with one another. And so I think that memberships and group coaching can be a very powerful tool for discipleship and growth. And I think coaching in particular can also help you teach what you've been learning to people who will then use that wisdom to share uh, and, and bless others with that content. So it kind of magnifies what you've been learning and uh, you have the opportunity to do some online coaching. And then they, then those that are part of the coaching, even like what we're doing right now, can take the wisdom that you're sharing with them and then use it to reach other people. So memberships and coaching, I think, are a great uh, mentorship type opportunity and a very powerful tool for discipleship and growth. So it's something that I think isn't necessarily something you do on the front end of creating an online ministry, but once the online ministry has some legs to it, I think creating a membership and offering coaching can be very useful, particularly if you have a lot of content that you've been building up. I think it's nice to be able to offer that to people so that they can really just go through uh, you know, years and years of things that have been built, and that stuff doesn't need to sit dormant. It can be a blessing to somebody and help them in their walk for Christ. One other thing I want to make mention of here that I frequently get questions about because people think, all right, you know, if I'm building all this stuff, some of this sounds expensive. You know, there's equipment I might want to buy or subscriptions to some of these uh, services and, and things like that. And that's true. You know, it does cost money to host a website. It does cost money uh, to buy a microphone and record a podcast and then host the podcast. Um, you know, memberships, you know, I mean, of the things I just listed, hosting a membership site is the most expensive of all of them. That's, that's where I incur a lot of expense to do some of that. I think it's worth it to do. Um, but I'm not going to pretend that it's, that it's free to do that. You know, there are some expenses that go into that. Uh, so admittedly there's a cost to building this, but as it grows, there's a variety of ways that the expenses can be covered. And one of the ways that you'll probably discover that at least some of those expenses can be shared is when people appreciate the content that you're producing, many of them will participate in crowdfunding efforts. And so, for instance, I host my podcast with a company that allows for crowdfunding. And now and then people will say, hey, I really appreciate the podcast. You know, here's $2 or here's $10. I know that you're paying money to host these things. So here's a couple bucks to contribute. And here's, here's a, you know, a little bit of money toward those costs. And it, at first in doing that, you know, I was fronting all the expense for, for hosting that. But what ended up happening over time, those that were utilizing that content really started covering that through crowdfunding gifts which has been a real blessing because now at this point, most of my expenses to do that are covered by people that uh, just appreciate the ministry and just out of their own generosity say, hey, you know, it's, it's almost like giving a server a tip. It's like, here's a tip. Thank you for doing this. Here's a gift toward this ministry. I want it to continue. So this will help pay for it. And, and people participate in that. And I think that that's wonderful. Um, uh, other aspects of what you're doing online, you might you might offer for a price. And as long as you're being honest about that and, and not 
you know, trying to gouge people in some way. I don't really see anything wrong with that. So an example of that in my context, there are certain coaching things that I do that I charge for. And I think that that's reasonable when I consider the amount of time that I'm putting into that. Uh, and so there's a modest price for that. And even the books that I've written, um, when you look through the, the books, most some of them are free, but some of them have a price on it. I don't think it's unreasonable to write a book and then charge you know a modest price for it. So some of that funds this as well. One of the newer things, and I'm, I'm kind of limited in how much I'm willing to do with this. I only do this on a limited basis, but I've started to accept some advertisers that participate with Christian companies that I allow to advertise on my website because that helps cover the cost of hosting, helps cover the cost of the website, helps cover the cost of, of um, you know, even just some of the hardware I, I need to buy. Like if I need to upgrade the microphones that I'm using or anything like that, I've started to allow some advertising on there. I keep it very limited and I try and make sure that it's advertising that fits with my worldview and belief system. So I'm comfortable actually promoting what they do. Uh, but you'll see a few limited ads on my website because of that. But overall, in my opinion, I think it's best to be generous with what you're producing. So, you know, most of what I'm producing, I just give it away. And uh, I, I try not to become over-focused on the financial aspects because what I've noticed is that the Lord supplies my needs. And uh, I feel like if my heart is focused on serving his people and I have expenses in producing these things, those expenses end up getting met in ways that I don't even foresee. I'll give you a kind of a personal example. Um, you know, two ways over the course of this past year that those needs have been met. One is through advertising, which I just mentioned. I now have a few people that have asked to advertise on there. And so they're, they're helping to cover my expenses. But this past year, I actually just received a, an offer for a book deal from Penguin Random House. And, uh, you know, they're, they're paying me to produce my next book. And, uh, I mean, it's a wonderful opportunity. And, and so I look at that and I think, you know what, my father-in-law kind of said it to me this way. He said, for years, you've just been offering so many of the things that you're doing for free. And he said, in his estimation, he said, this is, I think, a way that the Lord is, is, uh, meeting some of your needs through this, um, this book deal that you were just given through this company. And I, I thought, yeah, maybe this is one of the ways that the Lord's saying, Hey, I noticed what you're doing. This will help cover it. And so, yeah, there's expenses to do these things, but I, I feel like the Lord's met my needs over the course of the years of doing it. And I suspect that he'll do the same for you in accordance with his will, if your motives are right. And I think if you have bad motives, I don't think the Lord's going to bless bad motives. But if you have good motives for doing online ministry, it will not surprise me to hear testimonies from you about different ways that the Lord's uh, supplied your needs through it. And for some people, uh, the Lord allows them to do online ministry is, is like a full-time ministry, is like a vocational ministry that they use to feed their family and uh, serve God's people at the same time. So maybe the Lord will open up a door for you to do something like that. It certainly wouldn't surprise me. Let me show you a list here of a, a few things that I hope will be helpful for you. Here's the list of platforms that I've been using to build each of these things that I mentioned tonight. So for social media, like I said, I prefer Facebook. My website, my blog, and my email list, those are all hosted with Squarespace. I've published most of my books through Amazon's KDP platform. And by the way, KDP stands for Kindle Direct Publishing. 
my podcasts are hosted uh, with a company called Podbean. Podbean hosts a lot of uh, Christian podcasts. They're open to anybody. So there's a lot of good stuff on there. There's a lot of weird stuff on there as well. Uh, but they, um, they advertise a lot of what they're doing to churches and sermons and things like that. And so my podcasts are hosted with Podbean. I really like using their service. My videos are hosted on YouTube. And YouTube allows me to do that for free. And so I host it on YouTube and I can incorporate it with some of the other things I'm doing. I use Zoom for training. So right now what we're doing this with is Zoom. And um, the webinars that I've been doing with Servant Keeper Software, they're hosted on GoToWebinar. Although there's other webinar companies, Zoom does webinars. And um, there is, I can't remember some of the names of the, the other ones off the top of my head. It's, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, but there's other webinar companies that um, that are are very useful, but GoToWebinar is what we've been using uh, for the webinars with Kartra, or excuse me, with um, not with Kartra, with uh, Servant Keeper. Uh, but my membership site is hosted with Kartra. Uh, so these are the different platforms that I've been using to host these things. They most of them have some level of expense, although KDP, Amazon's KDP, that does not have an expense. Facebook does not have an expense, and YouTube does not have an expense. Those are all free. But the other things do have some level of cost. But I think that usually it's worth it. And usually, uh, if you let people know that you have a, you know, a need and they access this ministry, a lot of times through crowdfunding, people uh, make use of that. Also, I will make mention of this very briefly. I don't know that this will necessarily apply to any of us on the call here, but I will make mention of this for those that are accessing the recording. In the near future, I'm going to be offering additional coaching. So I do some of this now, but I'm going to be offering some additional coaching for those who are interested in building an online ministry along with a cohort of other content creators. And if you believe that you have a calling to create Christ-centered content, and you're looking for direct coaching, there's a link to apply to be part of that, uh, to be part of one of my coaching cohorts. And you can find that link at healthydiscipleshipcommunity.com. What you'll see there is that there's a waiting list, and I've been asking people uh, to submit their name to the waiting list if they want to be one of those content creation cohorts. Um, just add your name to the waiting list. And if a spot for that becomes available, I'll let you know. There is an expense to do that, although it's not overly expensive to be part of it. But what I do is I only work with eight people at a time when I'm doing that. And we have a group of eight in one of those coaching cohorts. And then we help each other and work on building each other's uh, online ministry. And I purposely keep those cohorts small because if really, if they get any bigger than eight, it just becomes a little too complicated to try and navigate that. So I'll just make mention of that. You can find the waiting list if you want to sign up for that at healthydiscipleshipcommunity.com. But now I'm going to stop the screen share, and I want to go into some discussion. I know that what I shared already uh, was a little bit longer than what I, I typically share during our coaching calls here. Uh, and I don't have prepared questions for you to facilitate this next part here. But I just want to hear all sorts of ideas and questions and, um, and thoughts from you guys about any one of these topics or anything maybe that I did not cover um, that you think would be useful. So feel free to just kind of chime in here. Uh, what do you think? Any comments or questions about any of these aspects of building an online ministry or anything specific to you and to your needs or to your curiosities that you would like me to maybe address a little bit further? What do you think? Jump right in if you've got something.
I have a question if I could. Yeah, um, go for it. And then I, I saw I, Desha, you had your hand too. So we'll go Paul first and then Desha. All right. I hope I don't break up too because we're having storms here now. Understood. Uh, you, you said that you have 3.2 million uh, that, are, that are right now. Uh, that, that had to take, I don't know how long it took, but I would think that it would take some time. Uh, yeah, that happened in one day, Paul. I know that. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> I wish, well, right? <laughs> the reason I It took four that, years, just so yeah, you know, four years. Four, yeah. It, it took us, uh, we just got started uh, in electronics uh, and just because we were forced to uh, video, uh, video uh, uh, worship services and mass for, yeah, yep. right. and uh, so my question specifically to that uh, is YouTube also offers uh, where you can have these code words that you that you uh, at attach to the uh, to the uh, video that you're you're up uploading and that's supposed to attract when people are searching for a particular yes that item and it's going to lead them to you yeah, they call them keywords. Keywords. Yep. Yeah. How do you figure out which ones are the right ones? Because honestly, I've been I haven't seen any increase uh, at all. Uh, even though I've tried to use even more common words, you know, the city where we're at, uh, you know, our denomination, or just keywords, song titles of songs that are being sung. Yeah. And it doesn't doesn't seem to have an effect. I I have. This will be really helpful for you. I don't know why they call them keywords. They should call them key phrases. And there's two things that you that I would recommend that you do. One, make the title of whatever video you're you're putting out there something you think somebody would be searching for. Um, so you know, like just put like what you think you'd be searching for as uh, you put that out there. But same with those keywords. Um, so for instance, uh, my. Um, we post videos of our worship services on YouTube. So we do that as a church. And what we do is we don't put as the title of that video, um, worship service from Core Creek Community Church on this date or something like that. That's not what the title is. The title is whatever my sermon topic was that week. And I try and title my sermons in such a way that it makes it easy to share in some of these online platforms. So it may be um, you know, the sermon title might be something like how to overcome anxiety from a biblical perspective, or what does it look like to have a healthy marriage or how, how to, um, what advice does Christ give us for parenting or something like that, that I think people will be searching for. And then those keywords, I don't just put parenting as a keyword or, marriage as a keyword or something like that. I treat each one of those as a key phrase. So I'll put how to have a healthy marriage. And that's one keyword, even though it's a phrase, but that's, that's what I put for the keyword. You put a phrase there instead of a word and it makes it more searchable or, um, you know, what does the Bible say about anxiety? That would be keyword number two, even though it's a whole sentence, right? So that's, that's counsel I'd give to you about keywords, how, how to use keywords. Treat them like a phrase that someone would be searching for, not a word that they would be searching for, uh, because that usually gets a little more traction in YouTube or 
really in anything that people are going to be searching for. Is that useful to you, Paul? Very useful. I appreciate it. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Desha, I promised I was going to you next, so go for it. Really quick here. Um, how do you structure your time for all that you're doing? Do you have a set schedule? Do you have specific Absolutely. times on different days? Oh, yeah. Because I see myself, and we've discussed this, but I see myself following this type of pattern and journey in my life. You, you would be... things I'm doing. Oh, yeah. What, the stuff you're doing totally fits with what I just presented. Um, I'm going to show you a couple of things that you'll get a kick out of. So I keep a stack of these index cards on my desk. And I've got my week segmented with bullet point things that I want to get done on certain days. So here's my list for tomorrow. So tomorrow's Friday and I have a list here, right? This is my Friday list. So on Friday, I need to have my sermon completely done. I want, I always try to have my sermon completely done. So that's step one on Friday. Then I need to create the slides that are, are shared with my congregation. Okay. Then I need to send our tech team in the church, a blurb that they're going to put online ahead of time to let people know what the sermon's about that week, that week, and also a link to the slides that I'm using online. And then I have a list here. Next thing on the list, it says email. So I know that that means I email my church family on Fridays. And uh, then I have Facebook posts. So I post something about the sermon via Facebook. Then I have record the audio Bible podcast and record the Daily Devotion podcast. And so that's my Friday list. And I know on Fridays, this is what you have to do. So get that stuff done. And when it's done, I can be like, all right, John, you're done. Unless there's something else that comes up that's just specific to that day. But now, so that's my Friday list. Here, I just grabbed my stack over here. Here's my Wednesday list. So on Wednesdays, I need to do a particular worksheet, a set of slides, have to do the podcast because they're daily then ministry director meeting plans, then the planter meeting that I do with our National Mission Board planters. Uh, then I need to email links to the planters. Then I have to email out the newsletter that I'm doing, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so I've got a list for Wednesday, and that's my Wednesday list. And having a checklist where I segment my week and compartmentalize things like that helps me get stuff done. But here's the other key. The other key is I don't watch much TV. And that when people ask me, what's the secret to getting all this stuff done? They think I'm so productive. I have the same amount of time that everybody else has, and I'm just not filling it with TV. And if, if I'm, you know, I'll sit down in the family room and, uh, and be hanging out with my family. And, and maybe I'm sitting there uh, with a computer on my lap, just doing some of this busy work or something like that. Or I tend to be the last one in my house to go to bed at night. And so what I'm doing once everyone goes to bed and the house is quiet is sometimes I'll write a couple pages of my next book and I just find it relaxing. You know, the stuff that I'm listing and doing, I'm not doing it because anyone's making me do it. I'm doing it because I enjoy doing it. And so I do it. I find it relaxing, but I feel like I could either sit down in front of a TV and do nothing, or I can sit down in front of a microphone and record a devotion. And I find it relaxing to record a devotion. I find it edifying and enjoyable. And uh, I consider it a good use of my time but I, that's how I do it. I compartmentalize my days and each day has its checklist, but that also lets me feel done. When I work through that checklist, once I get to the last thing, I can look at it and say, I'm done today. I'm done with my checklist. So, you know, for what it's worth, that's how I, that's how I try and be productive. And then you still find time for family and to sleep. 
Uh, well, you could ask my, I'm going to ask my wife to chime in on that. So uh, Dasha wants to know, do I still find time for family and do I still find time for sleep? He no. definitely spends time with his family. As for sleeping, that's always been a questionable item in his life anyway. He's not someone who needs a lot of sleep. Um, I've often thought like he, he sleeps like a camel needs water. So like it's, it's not every day, but every so often he'll just sleep for an abnormal, at least abnormal for him. It's kind of normal for me, but every so often he'll sleep for an abnormal amount of time for him. So yeah, so he doesn't sleep a lot anyway. And every so often he just like makes up for the extra sleep, but that's his, always been his pattern. Yeah. Just kind of like a, like a day where I'm, I'm like a zombie and I just crash. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I promise you, I'm not, uh, not neglecting my family. So we actually have certain things on there uh, on the list of, uh, uh, you know, so Monday night has traditionally been family night for us where we go out to eat as a family. Friday night is date night for me and Andrea. We usually go out to eat on Friday nights. And then we have other things throughout the course of the week that we know are like, all right, here's a specific thing. Here's a specific thing. And uh, we just block them off in segments and it works out. Our schedule at home is a little weird right now because we've got four teenagers and they all have jobs and everything else. And so um, finding that window when we're all in the same spot at the same time is actually starting to get a little bit harder, uh, but used to be easier than it is now. So now we have to be extra intentional. Uh, but now next week we're going to take vacation together. So next week I won't be doing any of this stuff. We'll just all be living in the woods in a cabin together for a week. Right. So, uh, quarterly we take vacations together, even if it's just a weekend, you know, we'll just put aside all our responsibilities and go and do something fun where we reconnect. And we do that four times a year, trying to have a weekend or even sometimes it could be a week. Some other questions. I was uh, going to pipe in real quick. Yeah. You have assistants, you have uh, associates uh, at the church. I do have, so I have a, uh, I have elders in the church that help me lead the church. And I have a team of ministry directors that oversee uh, all the main departments of the church. And I have several people in the church that are able to speak for me uh, at any given time. If, uh, if I have to go away, um, and they're really good. And sometimes I'm convinced that the church likes those guest speakers better than they like me. So I'm not always convinced that I still have a job when I come back after I go away because they really like the men in the church that have been speaking for me. Uh, but yes, I, I've surrounded myself with a team of people that are immensely helpful with all sorts of aspects of ministry. And um, I'm really grateful for that. And my wife being one of them, immensely helpful. She's a great partner in all these things. John, can the uh, NMB website, can that be used to host a blog? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, in fact, some of the things that you see, so there's things on there that say news. I just call it news on the on the website there, but it's actually a blog. That's all it is. It's just a blog, but I just put a different title on it. It's just news. I've always had this concept of like a theology Thursday, something small, uh, you know, once a week, uh, you know, just, uh, I don't know, I've kind of had that idea Oh, yeah. Around the... Yeah, I mean, you, it, basically, and keep in mind what I shared tonight about how I'm doing online ministry, I'm just showing you my experience. You can do it a totally different way. I just, I think it's just useful as like a discussion starter to show people, like, here's one way to do it. Here's the way I'm doing it. But maybe, 
you would only do like some of those things, or maybe you'd do none of them and you'd find another avenue to, to do something online that is more helpful to you or more suited to your gifts. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like what you're discuss- discussing there, like a weekly discussion post on theology, some people would absolutely love that and it would be immensely helpful to people. John, you really covered a lot in this. And I know you answered a lot of my questions just in your presentation alone and then some of the afterthoughts and discussions here. So my only concern is, can I do all this myself? Because it's, it's overwhelming a little bit. And it, it is if you, if you, what, Andrea? I was just going to say, but like these things didn't all happen all at one time. Like right. he started with one and it kind of like, he got that one on, under his belt and then he moved, he, like he added another piece and got comfortable in that. And like now he's managing all of these things all at once, but they didn't start all at once. So I would say pick the one that you find least intimidating, mm-hmm. start there, get comfortable with it, and then see if you want to add another layer. And there's nothing that says you have to add all of his, those layers either. Like you have to find what God has called, what the brand that God has called you to, to do. You don't have to do all of them. And Andrea, we, you and I have talked about this, but I want Desha to hear this. Like, don't you think she's like poised to have um, a really positive impact online with what absolutely. she's Absolutely. Absolutely. She has a very, uh, a very easy and friendly presence that I think people would be, uh, would quickly grab onto. Yeah. I, I think so too. Like Desha, I hope you do it. Like, I hope you, I mean, you do some things already, like the way you use your social media, I think is fantastic. And I, I see you, you know, um, in, encouraging, uh, people in a variety of ways. And like, I mean, there, there's, there are things here, you know, maybe one at a time you just do these things, but I actually hope you do do it. You're already kind of doing some of these things already. And I, I think it would be a waste of your gifts if you weren't sharing that with more and more people. Yeah. That's definitely the type of thing that I, I see as a calling of God on your life based on what you're already doing. Well, thank you. That's a good affirmation. And what I loved about tonight's discussion and presentation is how you did break everything down and it feels less overwhelming. Good. Very good. Glad to hear that. Um, any any I, other, I, I Oh yeah, go ahead. Going. I plan to keep going. <laughs> you plan to keep going. Yeah. Keep plugging away at it. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, there's things that the Lord's taught you that, that we need to hear from you. So, you know, keep making it available. And for those of you that don't know, Desha is a, just a, a fantastic photographer too. Uh, if you ever had a chance to see some of her photography, uh, she has really cool photos of like a variety of things, but, but particularly like some of the real cool ones are the pictures you've taken of like the, the trains and the locomotives, all, all that, that, that come through that region there. And you're going to get a kick out of this Desha. Uh, I don't know where he is on your screen, but do you see Craig shaking his head? Yes. Craig, Craig. Tell, tell her, tell her uh, what you do. I've been a railroad engineer now for 26 years. So um, <laughs> I'll be oh, retired wow. about, in about three years. Yeah. For Norfolk Southern, we, are I you serious? From, uh, yeah, I run from Pittsburgh to Harrisburg. You've passed through Jim Thorpe. Through where? Jim Thorpe. Where's that? <laughs> I don't know. It's just north of Harrisburg. I've seen the Northern Suffolk. I have pictures of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Desha, That's you awesome. might have pictures of, of Craig, you know, like with his hand hanging out the window <laughs> yeah. saying, Oh, my gosh. Sitting back <laughs> That's like <this>. awesome. <laughs> 
I paid John to plug my photography. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you should. You should. I just gave you a real good plug. You yeah. owe you owe me now, Desha. I know. Well, we'll see. I told you when I start my first podcast, you're going to be it. Gonna you be got it. Me. You got it. No, but for real though, Desha is a great photographer. Lots of great, you know, trained photography and 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 all of that. So definitely check it out. Um, Desha, you want to plug one more thing? Plug plug your website. Well. While people are on here, the photography site or the coat, the whatever you want, plug, plug both. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's uh, the photography site, which I'm still constructing is www.deshaphotos.online. All right. So deshaphotos.online. So and check my, it out. And then what's the other one? My blog slash coaching site is uh, www.desha.online. I'm not a dot com. Desha.com was actually taken. Was it? Yep. Okay. I can't purchase it. So yeah, Desha online. online. That's pretty cool though. I like that. I like I sticking with it. It's kind of going to, it's going to be part of the, the branding thing. and stuff. Yeah. yeah she's doing some one? cool stuff. Deshaonline.com. No, no, no. It's Desha.online. Okay. Desha.online. Got it. Yeah. And then Deshaphotos.online, right? Okay. Correct. Okay. So we got to check those out. Yeah. She's got a lot of cool stuff. Um, any other online ministry thoughts or questions from, from the group? Anyone else have something? Once, By the way, once you guys check out the stuff Desha has got going on, you're going to agree with me. And if you don't follow her on Facebook, follow her on Facebook because she posts interesting stuff. <laughs> it's, it's from the heart. So definitely follow her on there. Oh, shucks. <laughs> I'm giving you a good plug. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Let's hear other plugs. That's right. All right. Any other thoughts from anyone tonight? I don't want to leave anything out if, uh, if there's something that, that you wanted to, to focus on. Well, crew, I always enjoy our time together on Thursday nights. And thank you so much for, for being part of this. Those of you that are accessing this recording, uh, we hope that some of this is useful to you. We know that some of this can sound a little bit intimidating. And maybe it's not for everybody. Maybe you don't see yourself as setting up a, uh, an online ministry. And that's fine. But, you know, there's there's a variety of ways that you could be accessing that. And maybe even just in a small way, maybe in just how you use your social media, maybe that's going to be where uh, your, your online ministry is at who knows, but, uh, but use whatever platform the Lord gives you for his glory, make much of Jesus in the platform that he gives you. He's giving us a really unique opportunity for evangelism during this era because of, um, uh, just, you know, the access to the internet. I mean, it's just fascinating how many people we can reach through these mediums. And uh, we're, we're hopeful that we as believers will go out as ambassadors for Christ, making the gospel known in all sorts of forums like this. So, so take advantage of it. And we hope that some of this was useful to you. I just want to thank everybody that was on the call tonight live. Thank you guys for the feedback and thanks for the, the good questions and discussion. I, I think it'll help somebody and I appreciate you guys being part of this as well. But have a great evening, everybody, and we'll catch up with you again next time. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.